We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated. The latest on an alleged plan to assassinate Donald Trump. This man grabbed by police at a packed rally in Las Vegas, and ABC's Pierre Thomas has new details in Washington. Weighing up the mood of conservative America in a gun show in West Virginia. Among the rifle racks and ammunition, there's anger and dark talk of looming conflict. Senator Rand Paul was allegedly assaulted at We are witnessing a radicalization of libertarians all across the country. Dear viewers, we have just received word that Libertarian Death Squad are taking over. We have come to take our country back. He also worries that civil war could be on the way back. The coronavirus. There are fears a rapidly spreading virus has reached Australia. Her son, 19-year-old Horace Lorenzo Anderson, was shot and killed inside the then cop-free zone that persisted for weeks on Capitol Hill. Of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. It's taken just four weeks for that statement to be proved so um, spectacularly and alarmingly wrong. Reality, thousands of miles away, is now on him. China is urging its citizens not to travel abroad as it struggles to contain the virus. We will be standing up Christmas Island as a quarantine. Go, Brandon, I agree. Hey, by the way, China are you in banned from entering the country. Christmas Island declared that the coronavirus Name three things that don't hang themselves. That's what the American people think. Welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I'm your host, James Madison. Today, I just want to start your morning off by going over Joe Biden's L's. Now, this podcast might as well be Joe Biden taking L's, the show. However, I wanted to focus specifically on how Joe Biden's 2021 ended and how his 2022 has started. That being said, without any further ado, let's get right into it. Our first story today comes from the Washington Examiner. With Build Back Better stalled, the left pushes Biden to act alone by Haston Willis, a staff reporter. With the Build Back Better Act wounded, perhaps fatally, by the public defection of West Virginia Democratic Senator Joe Manchin, liberals are calling on President Joe Biden to go solo in fulfilling his agenda. But those calls are meeting resistance from opponents who say they're bad policy at best and illegal at worst. Seattle-based Rep. Pramila Jayapal, leader of the Congressional Progressive Caucus, penned an op-ed in the Washington Post calling on Biden to enact 
portions of his Build Back Better plan via executive order. I want to jump in here real quick and just point out, this is what Joe Biden ran on. You know that, right? Like, I don't need to remind anybody, Joe Biden's motto, of course, after the no malarkey, was Build Back Better. Build Back Better also being a nice little nomenclature for the Davos group. You know, the you will live in the pot and eat the bugs people, the whole you will own nobody or uh, the whole you will own nothing and be happy. I like to say uh, they will own no one and they will be unhappy. But isn't it a little unfair to say that Joe Manchin is why this didn't pass? No, Joe Manchin was the only Democrat who didn't vote for it. There's roughly 60 other Republicans who voted no on it. You're singling out Joe Manchin, which is not a smart move to do because one of two reasons. Well, both reasons, actually. One, Joe Manchin has threatened to leave the Democrat Party on multiple occasions and has already taken steps to do it. On top of all that shit, the Democrats own the House and Senate by the thinnest, razor-thin margins of dominance in both of these positions of power. And they really want to alienate as many as many of their cohorts as possible to really make sure they lose that margin of control. Not just that, with 2022 midterms right here in our faces in like a couple, what, two months from now will be midterm season? Crazy. But with all that, right, they want to attack and single out Joe Manchin. Christian Cinema buckled, but she was always like a, a pinko commie cunt. I don't know why people were something for cinema. If you want to watch a video where someone breaks down cinema to the most basic facts and truths about her, uh, Razor Fist over at the Rachel Hollicks channel has a great video on simping for cinema. But I just want to point out, they're blaming Joe Manchin only because he's the only Democrat who voted against it. But Joe Manchin represents Virginia, a one of the reddest, most Republican states in the union. He doesn't represent himself. He represents his Republican voter base that voted him into power. He may be a Democrat, but he's not there to enact Democrat policy. He said when he ran, he said, I'm going to get elected and vote for what my people want. His people don't want Democrat policies. So Joe Manchin voted against this Democrat policy. But I will give Joe Manchin a ton of credit because he made Joe Biden jump through so many goddamn hoops to still say no in the 11th hour anyway. Because it was originally a $3.5 trillion spending bill. Joe Manchin said, get it down to two. I'll consider it. Oh, cue half of 2020 panicking. Like, how do we get this thing below? How do we get this down to two trillion? And the issue was, this Build Back Better plan was packed with so much bullshit because you had the collective negotiations going on, right? Collective negotiation doesn't seem like a bad thing on paper until you consider the idea that people are like, oh, I'll vote on this if I get what I want. And what I want is X. So you get X in there enough times, eventually X is what starts consuming the main cost of a bill. Not to mention there's like... There's like tuition shit, equi equality of outcome shit. There was like pseudo infrastructure bill shit. This was a massive bill that Nancy Pelosi endorsed. But as we covered, Nancy Pelosi is famous for saying that we have to wait to vote on the bill to see what's in it. Insert clip here. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it away from the fog of the controversy. I know that's old, right? That's old. That doesn't mean it's any less alarming that this is the woman who endorsed the Build Back Better plan. The same woman that when America was faced with one of the most detrimental healthcare plans in history, all Obamacare was, 
was a ham-fisted attempt to get UBHC, Universal Basic Healthcare, put in. The downside of that is whenever the government has something labeled, something that sounds good for everybody, like Universal Basic Healthcare, it's not. Government has no business providing you healthcare. And when they pretend to try and give you healthcare, all they want to do is basically put everybody on the government's dime. What's funny about being on the government's dime is it's not the government's dime, it's our dime. They just have us giving them hand over hand so they can say that they're taking care of us when really we're just a bunch of fucking serfs who grind away and toil for the government to be like, all right, all right, all right, you gave us all of your income. We'll put your income towards paying your hospital bills. Fuck what you want done with it. No. She said vote on the Affordable Care Act so you can see what's inside it. Not in so many threatening words, of course, but in politicallyese, she said exactly. Fuck you. You want to know what's in the bill? Vote for it. Then again, Obamacare was a, what, like a fucking 900-page paper. Most of it had nothing to do with actual health care, just like the Build Back Better plan does. It's full of, like, the government will raise your children shit. Oh, well. And again, I don't like that they're just blaming Joe Manchin for it, because I can't tell you how many times in the media or in real life when I'm talking to people about this shit, they say, well, Joe Manchin voted against it. Joe Manchin and, like, 60 fucking other people. Yes. In fact, the overwhelming majority of people voted against this shit. And just to tie it back to what I was saying earlier, I love... One thing I love about Manchin, Manchin said, get down to two... Get down to two trillion. They panic, they fight, Democrats oust other Democrats over it. They turn into a bloodbath to get down to that. And he still refuses to vote for it. He goes, that's too much wasteful spending. How about, how about you break it down to the point where it's a $1.3 trillion spending bill, right? And then you put other parts of this up for individual voting. And the shit they pulled out for individual voting was like the most batshit crazy progressive pinko pox shit ever. And the government, and unilaterally, people were like, eh, no, we're good on that. We don't want any of that shit. And then when it came the day to vote the Build Back Better plan, which has been gutted, it went from a $3.5 trillion spending infrastructure bill to a feckless but still threatening $1.5 trillion spending bill that still didn't get passed. And Joe Manchin made Biden break his... I don't know, is there much of a spine left in that yellow belly bitch? But, nonetheless, Biden bent his back back as far as he could and lowered the deal and gutted the infrastructure bill. And then they still said, nah, but thanks for cooperating with us. I like that. Make the motherfucker work and sweat and then still deny him. I think Joe Manchin has a great future as a dominatrix. Now let's read what this pamperfied bitch has to say. Quote, we are calling on the president to use exe to use executive action and to immediately improve people's lives. Yes. Yes, Joe. Use that executive authority. I remember you saying something along the lines of, uh, what was it? We, we can't, any president who uses executive power is a dictator. Day one signs 50 executive orders. Then, immediately fucking day two, start saying, oh, I'll sign some more. And then, what, in the last year we've had, was roughly a hundred executive orders signed? And now those bitches are like, just do executive orders. Fuck what democracy wants. At the same time, this cunt is on the left. The left says all oh, the Republicans are trying to do away with democracy. But now she says, we're calling on the president to use executive action to immediately improve people's lives. 
Because the government knows how to improve people's lives if history's taught us anything. Are you fucking serious? I never want to hear another Democrat. I'm going to hear a Democrat say it all the time. Oh, Republicans are a threat to our democracy. They're tyrannical. Hey, Joe, use that executive power of yours to do what you, do whatever we want. Fuck what the people vote for. Right, right, right. All right, democracy dies in darkness and all that good hoopla, right? Anyway, Jada Pell wrote, adding, she's a massive cocksuckling whore. I mean, Jalen wrote, adding, she'd keep working to push the legislation in Congress. Presumably pushing on her hands and knees under every congressman's desk. Quote, taking executive action will also make clear to those who hinder Build Back Better that the White House and Democrats will deliver for the Americans. Hand over fist dictatorship. Again, good ideas don't require force. Good ideas do not require any sort of executive power or force. Good ideas will take off on their own. And again, you have the opposite of the spectrum that says good ideas should be mandatory. Now, back to the article. The $2.4 trillion bill includes programs such as universal preschool, subsidized childcare, paid family leave, and Medicare and Medicaid expansion. Give the government more power to expand your money and take it. What? Where does the government... Let me ask you something. Do you really want the government in charge of your kids' preschool education? They're in charge of every other element of your public school... Like, your kids' public school education life. The government's in there, and that's one of the most hated parts of the government is the public school system. You want them now involved in your fucking pre-K? How about subsidized childcare? Do you want the government... You want Joe Biden babysitting your fucking kid? You want the government babysitting your kid? Taking your money to watch your kid? And telling you how you need to be a parent with your money? Oh, and paid family leave. How How is the government going to fund paid family leave? Oh, with our tax funds. Again, all this shit is going to be taken out of our taxes. Our taxes are going to go through the fucking roof. But they're going to leave that out. They're going to leave how much more of your income they're going to take. They're going to leave out how smaller your paychecks are going to be. They're going to leave out how printing more and more money to pay for this shit will lower your paycheck even more than what extra they're taking away from you. This is... Oh, and uh, real quick, let's play that clip of Joe Biden making that comment about um, using executive orders. Hope you guys appreciate it. It was really hard to find. Oh, well, I got to get the votes. I got to get the votes. That's why, you know, I mean, the one thing that I, I have this strange notion, we are a democracy. Some of my Republican friends and some of my Democratic friends even occasionally say, well, if you can't get the votes by executive order, you're going to do something. Things you can't do by executive order unless you're a dictator. We're a democracy. We need consensus. Mind you, he says that, and yet the very exact time, the same guy who just said, that's dictatorship. Right. What about uh, the Biden 50? You know what the Biden 50 is? Now, what are the famous Biden 50? The Biden 50 are, is this. As we've indicated earlier, we're going to be signing a number of executive orders over the next uh, several days of the week. 
and I'm going to start today. President Biden has hit the ground running, issuing many executive orders in his first days in office. First one is the economic relief related to COVID-19 pandemic. I'll be signing an executive order in just a moment, tightening the existing Buy American policies and go further. The second one is protection, protecting your federal workforce. Transgender personnel, if qualified in every other way, can serve the government in the United States. Transgendered people serving in the U.S. government I don't like mentally ill, fucked in the head individuals calling the shots. That's sort of my predominant problem with Joe Biden. He's a mentally ill, fucked in the head individual. Then again, that's probably why Biden wants transgendered people working around him. Trannies and Joe Biden are both fucked in the head. Birds of a feather and flocking together and whatnot. Many of these orders have essentially undone executive orders issued by the previous president. Many of the things that uh, Joe Biden signed today are... And you get the point. I do want to say, though, it is a little funny how in a roundabout way Biden got one up on Trump. Because Trump spent just about four years fighting tooth and nail to get one thing done. Everything Trump got done took... A whole ton of fighting, arguing, PR, attacks, and all that shit. And then Joe Biden undid four years of work in a single afternoon with 50 signatures. God damn. But now that you get the hypocrisy in Joe Biden using all those executive orders, I've used executive orders with the signs of a tyrant and a dictator. And then he signs all those executive orders, and then you got the Democrats saying Republicans are a threat to democracy because they don't care about the right of the vote, and how we need to franchise voters. Meanwhile, they're saying, well, you didn't get the votes, make it happen anyway, just like Obama did with Obamacare. It's funny because Obama said the same shit. Oh, well, we don't want to make people do anything they don't want to do, so the American people vote no on Obamacare, well, they won't get it. Well, they vote no on Obamacare, and they're going to get Obamacare anyway. Fuck them. You heard me. Actually, I think I I'm Barack Obama, and I approve this message, cracker. They're dumb motherfuckers, and then there's dumbass crackers like you. One of my favorite, one of my favorite quotes from from uh, from uh, O'Biden bomber over there is, "Don't under, uh, underestimate Joe Biden's ability to fuck things up." My God, did America underestimate Joe Biden's ability to fuck things up? Well, let's get back into this article. And wrap it up. The $2.4 trillion bill includes programs such as universal pre-K, subsidized child care, paid family leave, and Medicare and Medicaid expansions. Jayapal added in a tweet, quote, I'm calling on Biden to join us on a two-track strategy to enact as many relief programs as possible through executive actions while we work on this critical legislation. End quote. It's unclear whether Biden is interested in moving his agenda this way. Even if he was, the legacy of such moves is questionable. Tea Party Patriot Action Honorary Chairwoman Jenny Beth based Martin said Biden would be stepped out would step outside the law if he enacted any of the bill's major programs without congressional approval. Quote, the Constitution does not empower the president to appropriate funds. Only Congress can do that. That's a little too much power for Congress. End quote. She said in a statement provided to the Washington Examiner, quote, 
Quote, Were he to attempt that, he would be dropping any pretense that he means to preside over anything but the most radical presidency in American history. He would be challenged and would lose in the courts of law. End quote. However, a bit of creativity could give Biden wide latitude to move his agenda according to the Cato Institute Research fellow William Yeatman. Yeet! For one, the Senate parliamentarian has already stripped out parts of the act related to climate change and immigration. Beyond that, there is precedent for using emergency powers to enact policy. For example, President Donald Trump declared an emergency at the southern border to divert funding towards construction of a wall. Biden could theoretically declare a national climate emergency or a COVID emergency to get funding for Build Back Better programs. This would continue a long-standing trend of more legislation coming from the executive branch at the expense of legislative branch. The rest of this article will be in the description of this podcast if you would choose to read it. There's only more paragraphs left, but we really must move on. Another big campaign promise that Biden made is he would free us from COVID. He would get in there and he would tussle with COVID. He would beat COVID like it was corn pop. But we have this article here from the New York Post now by Stephen Nelson, published December 27th, 2021. Biden now says no federal solution to COVID crisis would have given out tests quicker if Omicron's surge expected. We will not be reading this whole article, just most of it. President Biden said Monday that he'd have gone harder and quicker to distribute COVID-19 tests if he had known the Omicron variant was going to cause record high rates of new infections. Moments after telling a group of state governors that, quote, there is no solution to the, to the crisis. And quote, early, oh, early in the virtual meeting with members of the National Governors Association, the NGA, Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson urged Biden to, quote, not let federal solutions stand in the way of state solutions. End quote. And added that the president's promise last week to make 500 million COVID tests available for direct order by Americans beginning next month was, quote, great, but obviously that dries up the supply chain for the solutions that we might offer ourselves, end quote, 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 look, there is no federal solution, the president agreed, when the time came for him to speak, quote, this gets solved at the state level, and it ultimately gets down to where the rubber meets the road, and that's where the patient is in need of help or preventing the need for help, end quote. Later in his remarks, Biden turned to the testing situation. Quote, We went from no over-the-counter tests in January to 46 million in October, 100 million in October, in November, and 200 million in December. Joe Biden's has never been very good at those numbers, has he? That's not enough. It's clearly not enough. 
if I, we'd known, we would have gone harder and quicker. Biden said during the virtual meeting with state governors. Vanity Fair reported Thursday that experts from Harvard's T.H. Chan School of Public Health, the Rockefeller Foundation, the COVID-19 Collaborative and other groups pitched in a 10-page plan to the White House officials on October 22nd that called for the production of 732 million tests per month for a, quote, testing surge to prevent a holiday COVID surge. The plan wanted every American household to receive free rapid tests for the holidays and New Year's. Yeah, well, A, that didn't happen, and B, do you really want more tax dollars going into that shit? Three days after the meeting, White House officials told the experts that the administration would not adopt the plan. One official who participated in the meeting told the magazine, We did not have capacity to manufacture over-the-counter tests on scale. End quote. Biden ran for president last year, pledging to bring competent management to the pandemic. But this year's Delta variant surge caused his approval rating on COVID-19 to fall. Earlier this month, the number of U.S. pandemic deaths under Biden exceeded the number of fatalities under former President Donald Trump. We covered that. Within a nearly identical period of time. They say nearly because Biden actually had about four months more time to handle the situation than Trump did. Despite the mass distribution of vaccines. Again, Trump got the vaccines out. I don't approve of them being mandatory, but who got them out? Quote, I wish I had thought about ordering a half billion tests two months ago, President Biden admitted. Biden expressed regret last week about his seemingly sluggish response to the new Omicron variant, which has caused the highest ever infection rates in areas including New York and Washington, D.C. Meanwhile, New York, or uh, meanwhile, Florida, you know that state that has no mandates whatsoever and have actually pushed back on the government and will not uphold any federal laws around the variants or any of the mandatory bullshit? Yeah, they have the lowest spread. They were one of the last states to get hit with Omicron. And as for deaths, they had record low deaths. And that was as soon as Ron DeSantis got elected and got in there. And Ron DeSantis only won by the thinnest of margins. But as soon as he got in there, he rolled back all, all of that mandate shit. And now Florida is one of the most populous states. It's also one of the freest states. Meanwhile, lockdown cities ran by Democrats like New York and Washington are fucked. And again, Omicron's not even that bad. I'm preparing a deep dive onto what Omicron is, but spoiler alert, Omicron is the flu. The flu reared its ugly head and it made a big comeback. Everybody's acting like it's a big comeback. The flu didn't go nowhere. It was here last year. I got the I got the flu last year before I got COVID. But everybody's saying the flu came back, and then a week later, the influenza COVID variant, the Omicron influenza variant, Omicron has flu-like symptoms. Do we, no one else knows the, the evolution of influenza into a COVID variant? 
Now, mind you, the flu has always been a COVID. It has. I don't know how to tell you this, but yeah, influenza has been a yearly COVID for cent- for like a century. Yeah, influenza is a COVID. Fact check me. No one worried about it. Also, those people who were like, oh, the new COVID was coming. Look, these aerosol cans are fights against COVID. Just because your dumbass had never heard of COVID before the pandemic doesn't mean COVID wasn't already a, a situation. The 19 is a categorization for a reason. Biden said in an ABC News interview Wednesday that he would have thought more quickly of a plan to mass distribute 500 million at-home rapid tests, which was announced December 21st, but won't begin to happen until early January. Well, we're here in early January, and there has been no talk about this. Quote, the answer is, yeah, I wish I had thought about ordering a half billion tests two months ago before COVID-19 hit here. What? Biden told ABC's David Murr as FEMA rushed to set up sites in New York City and other areas slammed by massive holiday testing demands. You know, I did a job interview in the NCAA where I saw myself in 10 years and I immediately thought of me partying at the FEMA camp. In mid-January, a previously announced Biden rule will take effect requiring private insurance companies to reimburse policyholders for rapid tests that they buy themselves. Another 50 million rapid tests are in the process of being shipped by the federal government to local clinics for free distribution. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said at a pre-Christmas press briefing last week that details of how mass distribution, the 500 million free at-home rapid tests, are still being developed despite the rollout being previewed to reporters last Monday and formally announced on Tuesday. It's not yet clear how many tests each household will be allowed to request, how quickly they will be mailed, or when the website will be launched. And that is the end of this article, and we now move on to the next Look, but each and every time Senate Republicans have blocked the way, they're afraid even just to debate the bills in the United States Senate, even in a bill that includes provisions that have traditionally been supported by Republicans. This battle's not over. This door's not closed. We have to keep up the fight and get it done because our democracy depends on it. Folks, there's so much more to do. Police reform, criminal justice reform, immigration, gun violence, the courts, protecting women's right to choose, all these critical issues. And as we fight to make progress on all of them, I hope you remember what got us to the White House in the first place. In 2020, we won as a unified Democratic Party, more unified than ever. Now we look at 2022. I want to tell my Republican friends, get ready, pal. You're going to enter a problem. And we need to stay unified. Joe, I think the only problem we're handling right now is you, actually. If Joe Biden wished for America to be a happy country, he would vanish. But let's get into the next article, of course, from Newsweek. You just heard Joe Biden talk about all these promises he made on the campaign trail, and he left out a distinct promise he made. He promised he'd pay off your student loan debt. 
he promised college debt forgiveness. That's how he got the uh, ignorant, dumb, young people to vote for him. I can't tell you how many unpolitically educated people I know who were college students who just went, Oh, Biden said that? Well, I fuck Bernie. That really happened, too. A lot of people suddenly said, fuck Bernie, went Biden. That confused me. But you gotta understand, for most people who were Bernie Sanders supporters, they did it because it was a popular thing to do. But let's get into this article from Newsweek. Why Joe Biden is refusing to cancel student loan debt despite his promises. By Dora Rochi. Published December 15th, 2021. During the 2020 election, then-Democrat presidential candidate Joe Biden commented, committed, During the 2020 election, the then-Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden committed to canceling $10,000 of student loan debt per borrower, meaning every individual American with college debt. If it was $10,000 or under, it was forgiven. More than 11 months into his administration, that promise has not been fulfilled. President Biden had extended a pause in student loan repayments. That was initially introduced by the CARES Act passed in March 2020 and subsequently extended by former President Donald Trump. Donald Trump did more to forgive your college debts than Biden did. Let that sink in. That repayment moratorium began in September 2020. However, Biden did not grant another extension of the pause despite calls from some Democrats him to do so. With federal student loan payments set to restart in February next year, the decision not to extend the moratorium has brought renewed attention to Biden's promises on student debt. Biden tweeted his support for canceling $10,000 in student loan debt per borrower in March 2020. He again expressed support for the measure after becoming president-elect. On November 16, 2020, Biden discussed Democratic legislation to forgive that amount of debt. He said, quote, It's not holding people up. They're in real trouble. They're having to make choices between paying their... their... paying the... the, uh... uh... butt chunks oh they're in trouble they're they're making choices between paying their student loan and paying the rent those kinds of decisions it should be done immediately end quote however as biden's first year in office comes to a close that promised debt forgiveness has not taken place the likely reason there has been no movement is that the president believes Congress must act on the issue. Though Democrats, including Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, a Democrat from New York, and Senator Elizabeth Warren, a Democrat from Maryland, have argued that Biden can cancel up to 50000 in student debts per borrower through executive action. He has expressed skepticism that he has the power to do so. We have a tweet here from Joe Biden. Additionally, we should forgive a minimum of $10,000 per person of federal student loans. 
as proposed by Senator Warren and colleagues, young people, and other student debt holders bore the brunt of the last crisis. It shouldn't happen again. The crisis that you were the vice president under? Right. In April, the Department of Education was tasked with preparing a memo about whether Biden had the necessary authority. The administration has never released that memo, but a heavily redacted memo about education secrety, secrety, Start back at April in three, two, one. In April, the Department of Education was tasked with preparing a memo about whether Biden had the necessary authority. The administration has never released that memo, but a heavily redacted memo about Education Secretary Mingul Cardana's authority to grant, quote, board broad-based debt cancellation, end quote, was obtained in November by Thomas Goki of Debt Collective via a Freedom of Information Act request. These FOIA requests have just been fucking Biden over. The redacted memo did not shed light on whether the president has the power to cancel student loan debt. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki Oh, I'm sorry. Three, two, one. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki indicated on Tuesday that, quote, there have been questions and asks about what executive authorities could be used that has been under review. I don't have anything to report on that at in this point in time, she said. And that is the end of this article from Newsweek. Of course, all articles are in the description below. Now we move into the last article for this upload. This has just been the Biden taking elves episode. There's been so many elves to give this year. But I wanted to talk about the elves from the end of 2021 and at the very beginning of 2022. And now let's start with the biggest L of 2022 for Joe Biden so far. We are just five days into a new year. And Joe Biden's year is already off to a horrible, horrible start. And this last Newsweek article will really give you an idea of how bad Joe Biden has been and how Joe Biden has really just had. You know, how has Joe Biden's first year in office been? Well, this article from Newsweek published just, just the other day after New Year's tells you everything you need to know. From Newsweek, Kamala Harris' approval rating t- overtakes Joe Biden's after a year of turmoil by Draga Rochi, the same woman who wrote the last one. Are you ready for this? Kamala Harris. This is me, not the article. This is me right now. Kamala Harris, for the last two and a half, three months, has been the least popular vice president in American history. She has lower approval rating than fucking Dick Cheney post-shooting his lawyer. And now Joe Biden's approval rating is lower than hers. Now, mind you, their popularity is in the gutter pretty equally, but 
approval ratings? My God, this is bad. Article begins. Vice President Kamala Harris' approval rating has edged past President Joe Biden in new polling from Gallup. But both Democrats continue to suffer strong disapproval after a turbulent first year in office. The vice president now appears to be more polarizing than Biden, according to both a higher approval and disapproval rating. The poll conducted from December 1st to the 16th showed Harris' approval rating stood at 44% and her disapproval was 54%, while 1% had no opinion. Gallup found that 43% of the respondents approved of the president, while 51% disapproved. Now, mind you, Joe Biden's been rocking in the high 20s, low 30s for the last two months. And Kamala Harris has been right there in the mid to high 20s of approval rating. He officially ended the year with a lower approval rating than Trump did at the end of Trump's first year. And Trump was not very popular with both his voting base and the establishment politicians at the end of his first year. And Joe Biden has officially become more unpopular than Donald Trump at any point in Donald Trump's presidency. But I thought all Americans loved Joe Biden. That honeymoon phase passed hard and it passed quick. These numbers are consistent with polling that has shown Biden underwater since August 30th. The day before the final withdrawal of the U.S. troops from Afghan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was a real breaking point. Especially for the female voting base. I was surprised that Afghanistan was a deal breaker for women. Now, I know a lot of women listen to this show. Some of you I know in real life. You guys got military husbands, military family. You are clearly not the upright cunts that I'm talking about here. No, I'm talking about your average Karen. Who doesn't know fuck all about politics. Your average Karen seemed to really take issue with how that shit went down. Especially when the 13 brave men and women who were all under the age of 25. Except for the one staff sergeant were killed over there in a suicide bombing. And then the two drone strikes we did that did nothing besides kill multiple innocent children. When that hit the news, Joe Biden's approval rate just tanked. Which is interesting, because when Obama did the same thing, we did not see the same plummet in support from the same demographics. However, Biden, his demographic approval just tanked after that. The poll surveyed 111 U.S. adults and had a margin of error uh, of less than 0.4%. The results are mixed for Biden-Harris, showing the most respondents disapprove of them. But more Americans appear to have a fixed view of the vice president. <laughs> Harris Harris's net disapproval in Gallup's poll stands at 10% approval, with apparently little room to win over undecided Americans. 10%. 10% of the people of this poll, of, which, by the way, Gallup, they don't do they don't quiz you on your politics or any of that. They just do an open thing, and they just ask. So if Biden really won the election by that massive, massive landslide victory, that would imply that he has lost a ton of his own supporters. 
No one expected the Republicans to be optimistic for him. However, the Republicans, he walked in with like a 59% approval rating from Republicans when he walked in. Republicans were optimistic. They lost hope quickly on him. But it, we're sticking to this, right? Kamala Harris has a 10% approval rating. Just got off Gallup. So if Biden has all this popularity, and Kamala had all this popularity, we have to understand now, this would imply explicitly that they are bleeding their own supporters. By contrast, Biden's approval stands at 8%. Joe Biden is at 8%. And larger percentages of poll respondents express no opinion, leaving open a possibility that they may change their views on the president later. Poll tracker 538 is tracking Biden Harris's approval rating by analyzing a wide variety of polls throughout its own system of pollster ranking. It rates Gallup's polling at a B plus. Well, the issue I don't give a fuck about 538 typically is because 538 uses its own um, its own polling networks. It uses itself. It's very insular in its polling. However, places like Gallup, they actually just send out questionnaires or they put on applications to get people to come in and, and sit down and be questioned 538 just has a series of other poll companies that they they just hire so their numbers i trust less than than gallup but of all of them rasmussen that is the premier polling spot that you want to go for getting your news 538's most recent figures take into account the latest gallup poll and gave a vice president a disapproval rating of 47.5% as of December 26, compared to just 40% approval rating. Biden enjoyed an approval rating of 43.1% as of December 28th, according to 538 analysis. While his disapproval stood at 51.7%, the president's approval rating appears to be creeping up the past few weeks, but has fallen sharply from a high of 43.9% in December uh, on December 19th. Wait. So he went no, but your numbers he went down. So December 28th, Biden had 43.1% approval. However, by December 9th, but by at December 19th, he had 43.9. That means he lost support that doesn't mean the president was creeping up doesn't mean the president was creeping up in the past few days but sharply fallen no he only fell biden has faced criticism on a number of fronts such as the withdrawal from afghanistan and inflation rising at a near 40 year high november while democrats have also struggled to pass president's agenda including the $1.75 trillion Build Back Better Act, which was originally a $3.5 trillion spending bill. Harris also has had a difficult first year in office, forcing an exodus of senior staff and a series of damaging news stories struggle, suggesting a rift between her and the president. Well, we had a uh, staffer come out and they were saying shit like Jill Biden and Joe Biden were actively giving Kamala Harris things they knew that she would be wildly unpopular if she did correctly or failed to do. Like, they gave her the border crisis. And they said, have fun with that, bitch. And, of course, she she floundered and failed. She had never had any experience dealing with that kind of shit before. 
Biden did. But Biden always sucked at handling it, and they gave it to her, and they, you know, according to staffers, Jill and Joe both expected her to fail, and she did. They also sent her to countries where Biden was wildly unpopular, and she got booed. Uh, Ecuador comes to mind. She went to Ecuador, and they were calling her a thief and a whore, and all that shit, and her home. Not to mention, we've had, there's been numerous confirmed issues with, like, clashes, both physical and verbal, between Biden's staff and Kamala's staff. Those two have just clashed. Those groups have been fighting each other, and, this, and the two were insulting each other on the campaign trail. Kamala Harris called Joe Biden a creepy rapist and a racist. At least she called him, quote, a raping rapist, or a raping racist. And now she's his VP. And she couldn't even get 1% of a vote. Literally, she couldn't get 1% of the vote on Super Tuesday. She got the lowest turnout support of any politician in history. Furman Supreme gets more votes on average than Kamala Harris fucking did. But let's get into this. Though the Gallup poll may not be particularly good news for Harris and Biden, it also shows low approval ratings for other senior politicians, including Speaker of House Nancy Pelosi and Senate Majority Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. Yes, Republicans fucking hate the Republican Party. Did you know the Republicans are more unpopular with the Republicans than the Democrats are? Republicans hate Republicans more than they hate Democrats. Yet, the left constantly accuses the right of being in a cult. Meanwhile... Trump has been getting booed at his own rallies. I think by I think Trump's been bleeding supporters. No one's talking about it. And Mitch McConnell's garbage, man. He's one of the worst parts of Kentucky. Rand Paul should have his job, quite frankly. No one likes Mitch McConnell. Nancy Pelosi already announced her retirement. Then she said, I'm not retired. Then she says she's retiring again. Then she says she's not retiring. That alcoholic bitch. Respondents disapproved of Pelosi by 58% to 40%, with just 2% expressing no opinion, while House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy had a 46% approval and 49% disapproval and 4% with no opinions. Just 34% of, of respondents approve of McConnell while 63% disapprove and 3% had no opinion. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer obtained 44% approval rating and 53% disapproval rating, with 3% having no opinion. And that is the end of this article and this episode of Inside Four Walls. I have been your host, James Madison. This has been Inside Four Walls. I'll catch you guys again later. Peace.